I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you Monday through Friday. That's right. We are not doing weekends. We're taking the weekends off. This is a new um, a new development in the You'll Hear It podcast. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling pretty good about it. You know, we we, uh, we have a bit of a dip in uh, the listenership in the weekends. Right. and so Not that we're checking that every 20 minutes. No, our, we don't really stats. care about any of that stuff, <laughs> but... Uh, but also, you know, we're on what episode like one fifty something now, right. so it's like, you know, it's it's time to uh, to rein it in as far as like the seven days a week. That's right. gonna be tough. So. I've been missing you on the weekends though. <laughs> yeah. Then Monday comes. Yeah, around. no. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody says, "Oh, you guys must bundle this." No, Peter and I meet every morning at seven thirty a.m. Right. We, this is live. Actually. This is live. I mean, you guys might not listen to it live, but this is live. <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Uh, so today we're going to talk about our seven favorite jazz labels. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So you know, uh, I was looking up some uh, some Freddie Hubbard. I was actually doing research for a future you'll hear it episode, mm-hmm. and I was looking up some Freddie Hubbard records. And you were like, "Oh, is that from the CTI era?" And I was like, "What the hell is CTI?" Like, <laughs> and then I I uh, I go to the CTI Wikipedia page, and I'm like, ah, "I know all these records. How have I not like ever put this together that this is the label?" And so we thought we'd do one of our seven favorite. Uh, jazz record labels. You're gonna have to stay tuned to see if CTI made the cut. Well, and I can answer your question. How did you not know it? Because you're a youngin and you came up in the Spotify Apple Music days, apparently. Where oh, I'm you not actually see the record labels. I'm not that. I, but I did come into the CD the CD days. Yeah. And from my research, CD, CTI was way finished by the time I was around. Yeah, and it might. Even, it's possible it even got I, like Sony or Columbia or something. CBS. Minus, CBS. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Right. Okay. Well, let's start out. Yeah, I like your idea. We'll see if it makes it. Yeah, you got the first one. Okay. First, I'm going to go with a controversial choice, <laughs> an obscure choice. An obscure choice. Blue Note Records. Blue Note Records. Uh, I mean, when you think of jazz, you probably think of Blue Note at some point. Which... I think so. I mean, I think even if you, if you grab someone on the street that hates jazz, doesn't know what jazz is, is upset by jazz, is confused by <laughs> jazz, or it's just mystified, they're still going to make an association with Blue Note, you know? Yeah. But what's interesting is, you know, a lot of people... If you say something about Blue Note Records or jazz, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like the Blue Note Jazz Club in New York. And (laughs) I'm like, no, actually, it's got nothing to do with each other. In fact, there was a lawsuit between them, (laughs) I think, when the Blue Note Club opened up in the 80s. Was it really? There was like a thing? so, yeah. It was was a thing. Because everyone thinks, oh, the Blue Note Club is so historic. There was, of course, a Blue Note. There was many Blue Notes uh, around the country, but there was the famous one in New York. I believe that was either Midtown or Uptown. But the current Blue Note, in on West Third or West Fourth, whatever that is in the village, and now here we are talking about clubs instead of the record label. But the current location was like opened in the early '80s. It's not that historic. But anyway, Blue Note Records. I think Blue Note Records set this. The, you know, re, you know, Alfred Lyon, German immigrant that founded it in. I, I want to say the '30s. Is that possible? If not '30s, in the '40s. No, that actually sure. is possible. Yeah. So I mean, just has documented so many wonderful and important artists over the years. I mean, up until now, you know, um, there was a a short period where it was sort of uh, on hiatus, I guess, and there was some corporate restructuring, but there was always the catalog. There's always been the new artists and they're still doing their thing. Uh, Don was, is the um, artistic director or the, whatever you call it, the, um, the head of the label, I guess. The yeah, no, they're head of the label still making now. good music over there. They're making great stuff. And they're still having some hits occasionally. Still having some yeah, hits. And cool. I mean, they, you know, that's actually always been part of their thing. They've always snuck some pretty big pop hits in almost every era, Yeah, um, which has been cool. You know, there's kind of the Boogaloo stuff in the 60s. 
That's then, one of my favorite Blue Note eras, all that stuff. Oh, the, yeah. the groove stuff, man. The groove stuff is great. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, the, art, the artwork. Now, I mean, you can't say enough about the design, the photography, and how you know linked that is with the label and the music. Just groundbreaking, iconic albums, and um, I love it. Blue Note Records. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, so my first pick here, and I'm going with uh, somewhat of a local pick, but uh, I think... Uh, and a sentimental pick, definitely, for both of us. But that's yeah. Max Jazz Records. This is a label that was founded here in St. Louis by Richard McDonald in the late 90s. Yeah. And in a brief, very brief time, he sort of started making some of the best jazz records of the early 2000s. Wouldn't yes. you agree? I mean, he he signed <coughs> a, a bunch of really great uh, pianists and singers and, yeah. and jazz musicians of all stripes. You made a couple of records with him, is that right? Yes. I I got to record a couple of Max Jazz records. Yep. Um, there was uh, Keezer was on there. Yep. Mulgrew Miller. Mulgrew Miller. You can't yep. get better than that. Eric Reed. Eric Reed. The pianist. Yeah, and then yeah. um, Renee Marie had some great recordings. Renee Marie, Bruce Barth. I mean, yep. just a, a ton of ton of talented Mary Stallings. people. What What was so great about being on that label and making records was that you, there was a real passion for jazz. That's yeah. all they did. Yeah. There was no other like. They weren't trying to make super hits. They weren't trying to um, reinvent the wheel. They just love jazz. They love jazz musicians. Richard McDonald, Richard McDonald unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, uh, which has just left a huge hole, I think, here in the St. Louis jazz community. Um, but but his legacy lives on in those recordings. Absolutely. Really and I mean, cool. I think, you know, I've known, I knew Richard for many years. I actually knew Richard since I was a child. He claims to have <laughs> heard me play piano when I was in elementary school, which is actually was, I shouldn't say claimed he did. I don't remember it, but uh, <laughs> I went to school with uh, one of his sons and uh, elementary school, but, but he had always talked about starting a record label and he was such a jazz lover. And when he actually did it, he had such a great vision for it certainly inspired by Blue Note and some of the other labels we're going to talk about. Yeah. But he didn't copy anything. Like, he created his own look, his own sound, yeah. everything. He took great ideas. Like, like he took from Blue Note, I would say, their love of photography and design, but he didn't try to imitate theirs. Yeah, he yeah, came yeah. up with his own. I was just going to say, like, he created a look for Max Jazz. You know, yeah. Jimmy Katz, who's a genius yeah. photographer uh, and, and is a jazz photographer, I would say, first and foremost, oh, yeah. in New York. I mean, really created a great look, those black and white covers that yep. just look amazing. Yep. Great stuff. Great stuff. Miss you, Richard. Yeah, man. Um, okay, number three, I'm going to go with, um, I'm trying to think. These, we have some good choices here. We have to narrow it already. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Crisscross. Now, Crisscross is a record label from, I believe it's the Netherlands, and I'm totally forgetting the, the gentleman's name who started it. He's such a great, funny guy. And, you know, basically, Crisscross Jazz has been like, what's, oh, Gary, uh, Gary Teekins. Yeah. Gary Teekins. Um, and he was like, he's kind of like a crazy, I shouldn't say crazy, he's German <laughs> or Dutch or something, you know, engineer. And he's a musician, I think a drummer and stuff. But he, like Richard McDonald and, and the heads of all these labels, the, the founders normally has such a love of the music and an understanding of the music that you really can just see by the types of artists and recordings that, that he makes. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's somebody that's super well-known or lesser known. It's always, there's a reason that they're there um, on the label. And it's like, aha, that makes sense. Even if no one's heard of them, you know you want to hear them because they can play and someone's going to be good on there. And so he's had a lot of like, you know, musicians that are more known as sidemen and then featured them. 
um, had a you know a bunch of just great players. I mean, Wycliffe Gordon, the trombonist, did a bunch of records. Kenny Garrett did some early stuff. Um, I think the first time I heard Oren Evans was either on a crisscross record or his own record. Um, Chris Potter's done. I mean, everybody, especially New York guys. It's so and cool. then the great thing, the way they do the crisscross um, recordings is it's always in one day and sometimes two in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's just you're, you're moving fast. Like great. two from the same artist in a day? I believe so. I know oh, I recorded man. two with two different on. I don't know if it was two complete records, but we did a whole record and then part of another record in one day. I remember doing that. Um, but you know, just a great institution and people around the world, you know, you go to Japan and, and the whole catalog is available. Japanese versions. They love following that stuff. So crisscross. That's awesome. Uh, my next choice is, this is, I think kind of considered a major label, not just a strict jazz label, but yeah. this is Atlantic records. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're still around. They still have big name pop artists, yep. but you know, I think for most jazz fans, uh, you're going to think of of the great series of records by Mingus, by Charles Mingus. You're going to think of the amazing uh, series of records by Ornette Coleman, mm-hmm. by John Coltrane, Sonny Stitt, the Modern Jazz Quartet. These are all Atlantic recording artists in their in a prime, right? And in the label's prime. Also, you know Ray Charles. There's that whole era of his Atlantic uh, re- recordings that are some of his best stuff. Yeah. Um, really, really an amazing label at an amazing time just it, that's a timing thing you know yeah i mean absolutely. any any lab, label that puts out in the with back-to-back giant steps and then the genius of ray charles that's they got <laughs> something going on yeah they got something going on great stuff okay so that's uh that's four right so now we're on number five of our seven are we calling this our seven favorite uh jazz labels yeah or? you know seven of our favorites seven we're not gonna lock ourselves go. i like that yeah, i like yeah. that so I'm going to go with one of the biggest labels, with the, one of the biggest catalogs probably after Blue Note, and that's Columbia. Yeah, that's pretty good. Columbia Jazz. I, you know, I was always a little bit confused because when I first came up listening to um, a lot of jazz as a teenager, it was kind of CBS Records, and then it was Sony yep. um, owned it, and then it was kind of switching over to CDs and stuff. But Columbia was kind of the original thing. And really, you know, you think about Miles Davis because he recorded for so long. I mean, of course, earlier he was Blue Note and then Prestige. Um, and maybe something else. But then when he hit Columbia, that's when things, you know, really kind of got rolling, I think, both for Columbia and for him. And he's, you know, so much linked with them for these great recordings. Well, the, the Columbia had the power behind them to, like, fulfill Miles's vision of, right. you know, the full artistic experience, which was pretty good. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And they, you know, some of the great stuff with Gil Evans and, you know, Porgy and Bess, Sketches of Spain. I mean, some of the most iconic records occurred there with miles um milestones round about midnight great stuff and then all the way up into the 70s you know like on the corner which i love that record that's when i always think about that's i don't know why Columbia and that's stuff. a great record but then also billy holiday recorded for columbia um charles mingus a number of great people but but columbia and then they really had a real song because they had their own studio they're the famous church the the chapel studio where oh, kind of yeah. blue and a bunch of recordings yeah, were made yeah. With a, that, that great ambient open sound. New Jersey. Uh, Manhattan, actually. In Manhattan. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> Jersey would be Rudy Van Gelder's Right, studio. sorry, that's Inglewood Cliffs. That's, yeah. that's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, so for number six, I'm going to go with ECM. Now, this is a label famously here on this podcast I don't know a ton about. I mean, I know some Keith Jarrett stuff, and I know some Pat Metheny stuff from it, but other than that, man, I mean, there are some, there are some ECM nerds out there oh, yeah. who are like, 
argue about Paul Blay editions till they can't breathe anymore. But and we better be careful because if we mess this one up, we're going to be hearing from every one of them. Oh no, that's <laughs> most of our our listenership, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I you know, I kind of came late to the. I mean, I'd heard the same thing a few ECM records, and then I kind of hit like I guess sort of mid late '90s. Actually, Rodney Whitaker, great bassist, the great Rodney Whitaker <laughs> from uh, Detroit, Michigan, hit me to some great ECM records, and I got into a real um, phase. Uh, of listening to it and also kind of when I got into Keith Jarrett even after that listening because I mean most of his great recordings many of his great recordings were on ECM but they really and some great classical recordings as well I kind of got into that later Keith Jarrett Mozart piano concerto the sound of ECM records is amazing yeah I think for all these labels that's that's the thing like ECM really has its sound certainly with the live recordings that it did um, you know the famous ones with Keith Cone concerts um, but I think Manfred Eicher, who was the founder and also the co-founder, um, was a guy named Tom. I don't know if he was ever officially the co-founder, but he was there from the beginning. Thomas Stausen, mm-hmm. who was a wonderful man from from Vienna. Did you know? Not him? from Vienna, from Austria. I did. I knew him a little bit when I first uh, toured Europe with Betty Carter in 1991 when I was 20 years old. Nice. Thomas Stausen was the booking agent for Betty Carter and. He was kind of the booking agent for like the top jazz artists around that time. Uh, he passed away, I, I, I want to say gee, maybe mid or late 90s, but he was just a wonderful man. And he really took some time, I remember, with me, just a sort of young punk kid playing with Betty. Um, you know, when I kind of asked him about some different things and he told me about his involvement with ECM and talked cool. about, you know, Dizzy Gillespie and all these great artists that he had been booking and working with. And, you know, he really had an encyclopedic knowledge of the music, but also the sort of European um, touring scene, jazz touring scene. So it was kind of cool for me to catch the tail end of that whole sort of era. But, I mean, you know, Dave Holland, Keith Jarrett, uh, Dave Liebman, Charlie Hayden, Chicory. I mean, so many great artists recorded on ECM um, and very prolific label, very important label. And still to this day, I mean, so, so much wonderful stuff happening there. That's awesome. So, all right, we're at number seven. Uh, it looks like CTI has made the cut. And that's yes. only because we're so into them, like, literally right now. Yeah, we got to. Um, but actually, as I was, you know, not having known much about CTI, as I started researching stuff, yeah, I love a lot of CTI records. Yeah. Stanley Tarantino's Sugar. Yep. Uh, you know, all of the great Freddie Hubbard records from the 70s. Yeah, exactly. All Red CTI. Clay. Man, uh, so good. Yep. Um, a lot of really cool George Benson stuff. A lot of really cool... Uh, Stanley Turrentine, Milt Jackson, yep. um, Ron Carter. I mean, really, really cool lineup. Well, um, and and, they, and you know, CTI, I'm just remembering too, because when I, I used to have a bunch of those LPs, there was always, I think CTI kind of had its own sound, not even so much for the studio. I mean, it was a very studio sound as opposed to ECM and Blue Note and stuff. Yeah. But it was because, you know, like Don Sebesky was very involved you know, with Creed Taylor and from the beginning of, of the label of doing a lot of arrangements, a lot of the string stuff, a lot of the studio stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was the kind of thing that was together. And I remember Don Sebesky has a great arranging book. I remember learning from that, from the U-City Public Library. I had a copy of that. It's and a musician's I, label. It's a musician's label, absolutely. That's dope. And, but they had a lot of crossover, you know, appeal because of the kind of studio and po- a little bit pop 
a friendly sound of a yeah, bunch yeah, of those yeah. recordings. No, they got Bob James and George Benson. I mean, that's yep. going to get, especially during the 70s, those will get you some pop hits, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's cool. Well, we hope you enjoyed our list here of labels. Please let us know your favorite labels, who we missed. I know, I mean, we left off some really good labels too. Oh, yeah. Some iconic labels for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's okay. You know, you'll hear it as always. And, uh, you know, if you want to leave us a rating and review, we're not going to be mad at you. We're not. No, we ain't mad at you. No, if you want to leave us five, six, seven stars we've heard, you know, have been attempted. We, we, we you know, aim high. Aim high. Yeah. <laughs> you want to let it, write us a little review, too. That's very helpful for getting this podcast seen by other, uh, uh, heard by other people. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Well, we're getting some listeners on here now. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, you no, know, that's no. why you might have noticed there's not so much desperation in my tone for ratings and reviews. We still yeah. want them. No, we're growing. We're growing we're, for we're, sure. We're growing. But, it, but we really want to thank you guys because... Truly, you guys listening and to help spreading the word has has done beautiful things um, for our lives. I mean, you should see Ad, the, the Manis family just moved into a beautiful mansion in South St. Louis. You should come visit him. From our free podcast. Great. Yeah, yeah. No, but thank you guys so much for listening and for, for all the love. And we still, are we, are we keeping this special going? We can, we can keep it rolling. Let's, let's do it for Open Studio. Yeah, for Open Studio. So this is for our annual All Access Pass. That's a year's worth of every course we, we offer here at Open Studio, and you can save 10% if you enter the offer code. You'll hear it 10 in the offer code field when you check out. Just get the annual all-access pass, uh, and you're all set. It's really, really cool, and we're always having new stuff come out. You know, we just recorded a new course with Jeffrey Keezer. That's Ooh, the yeah. second one for us. So much good stuff on that. We have Diane Reeves coming soon. So not only do you get everything we've already done, but whatever comes out in the next year, you get that too. Yep. So, Pretty cool. good stuff. Jump up on that. Yeah. So as always, you'll hear it.